This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wiccan Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark and Damien Farrar-Hockley. Let's kick off with the action from this past weekend. One all draw against Lincoln City. This, boys, is our fourth draw in a month, by the way. Uh, Del Taylor with a headed effort on target after 30 minutes. That's his sixth goal of the season. I might have to start changing my opinion on this boy um, but the goal cancelled right at the death as the visitors grabbed a late 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 super bloody late equaliser in the 98th minute um, lads how how do we see this is this a glass half full fourth game unbeaten or are we a little bit more concerned by the fact that this is one win in 15 games stretching back to October I'm glass half full still. Um, And the main reason for that is I went in a bar after the game and Damo wasn't ranting. So it means that it must have been a positive performance. (laughs) I just want to bet, so I was fine. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, Look, in all honesty, the the performance was was positive again, wasn't it? And Mm. if I had a pound for every time we sat on this pod and said, we've got to start putting our chances away, um, I'd be sat in the Bahamas. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We haven't lost. We've, we've definitely stopped the rot from, um, from those Leighton Orient and Exeter kind of performances when things were very, very negative. Um, but we've got to start being clinical. We've got to start putting teams to bed. And, you know, when we're on top, um, it's kind of the same argument when you hear people talking about the national team, isn't it? People have a moan about Gareth Southgate not being able to put teams away, you know, that Italy mm. final. If we'd have put two or three past them when we were on top, then then we go on and win it. And it's very, very similar. And I think instead of going out there with a must-not-lose mentality, we need to go out there with a, you know, want-to-win mentality. And I think... We've got to be more clinical in the middle and, you know, we'll talk about them shortly, but I think that's what the signings that have come in are all about, regardless of 
of how well some of our forward line have played. They haven't performed um, as far as numbers are concerned. And if people are going to throw stats about, um, <laughs> you know, look at the stats of the players that are starting every week um, and they tell a story, um, you know, the percentage of, of chances that we're hitting a target with is very, very low. Um, the the number of saves the opposition goalkeepers have to make per match is very, very low. Um if you want to use XG, which I absolutely hate, um, but do we have to? Do we have to? Use yeah, but you know, it, it's nose diving. Um, I think it's clear to see with the clear out, the, the mini clear out that he's had, and the incomings that he knows where the problem is. And um, you know, let's hope that a little bit of fresh blood, some fresh legs in the team. Um, can bring a bit more positivity and let's put those positive, uh, let's turn those positive uh, performances into positive results. I'm positive about the result. Well, not po- sorry, not positive about the result. I'm positive about the performance as usual. But it's a carbon copy of Port Vale. It's a carbon copy of how many games we've had this season. Um, you know, we're the the concerning stat for me, and I'll t- touch on Adam's Adam Cooper's stats corner that he's already opened two minutes into the pod this week, which I think is brilliant and progress from his side. Is that I want to change us from Wickham Wanderers to Wickham Winderers because we just we draw in too many bloody games. One win in fourteen is a concerning stat. Um, essentially, that's what it is. We've drawn a lot. We've lost a few, but we've only won one. Um, so we really need to start turning that around and quickly, really. Um, you know, we, we know the squad's more capable than it is. Um, and I can see that Matt is trying to make a bit of a difference in the transfer window. We're bringing in a bit more of an attacking threat, changing it up from an attacking point of view, bringing a bit of pace in. Um, hopefully it'll make the difference. Um, but I think the positive thing to come out of Saturday was really that we're probably sticking with the back four. However, and I'm going to put this to all of you, is why have we still not learned from the fact that going to a back five in the last few minutes is not the way forward because that's when we start conceding goals. Oh, it's gonna, insane, I was going to touch on this later yeah. in the pod. Words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, so, so eighth, um, the, the, the 98th minute equaliser... Uh, represents uh, the eighth goal that we've conceded in stoppage time, which is an absolute shocker, absolutely shocking stat. Um, and and it's it's so different and alien to the Wiccan Wanderers that we we you know that we that we've enjoyed watching all these years. You know the 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 Wiccan Wanderers that never knew when they were beaten. We're now the Wiccan Wanderers that can't seemingly see out these games, and it's it's a real startling change one thing that i do want to put in front of you guys though as a potential explainer for this is we know that there have been changes to the game coming in this season we are now having to uh games are longer and we're finding we're seeing that additional minutes are being added on at the end of games to compensate for the fact that the ball is out of play for so long it's something that the game is trying to combat do you think that this is potentially a symptom of this, the fact that we're looking at Wiccan Wanderers in isolation, because I've noticed a trend that late goals seem to be happening more and more and more. I think the referee on Saturday had an acker on both teams to score. 
<laughs> he was he, he was going to play. He was going to play until Lincoln scored. Um, but uh, I just think, I just think, that, like I said, words out of my mouth. As soon as he brought on the the extra central defender, I, I was fearing for it. I really was because uh, it just doesn't work. But surely he's trained. So you just get all the attackers and all the defenders in training and just pump balls into the box for an hour at the training. Just clear it, get rid of it. The other thing that, that I noticed on Saturday is that because we piled all of our players into the box to try and clear it, we had no outlet. So every time it came back out, it came back in again. This, was, this is just something that we should have left at least one player up. Even Cody was back in the box. You know, leave one player up, you're going to occupy two of their players then, and also you've got the chance of the ball not coming back in if he gets to it. Mm. That that was something that really annoyed me about that goal on Saturday. Yeah, agreed. Um, look, if there's anybody out there who can tell me, I think I know the answer to this with, without somebody doing a digging, but if there's somebody out there that can tell me how many of those games where we've conceded goals in added time, um, we finished the game with a back five, um, I'll buy you a beer. Because I can't be bothered to do the uh, the research myself. Like but, stats. But, yeah, my, it's going to be a number. It's going to be like, a number. I don't like stats, but I'm guessing that all eight of the times we have conceded a last minute goal, um, we finished with a back five. Um, I'll buy you two beers if you can tell me how many of those games we've started with a back four and reverted to a back five and then conceded uh, in in the last few minutes because. We spoke about this last week. I genuinely think that five at the back is Bloom's kind of comfort blanket. Don't know why. I hate it myself. I know you hate it, Michael and Dan. I know that you've got mixed feelings on it. Damo, I know you don't mind it if you've got the right players to play there, but we haven't. Um, but it just seems to be that whenever he he sniffs trouble, um, it's just sho- shove a big defender on and stick him in the middle. And it just disorganizes us. Everybody's out of position. Nobody's standing where they should be. They're all waving their legs around and throwing their arms up in the air every time somebody goes through. Um, and it just didn't look, you know, for 90 minutes of that game or 88 minutes of that game, we were very much in control. Farino comes on. It's not Farino's fault. The shape changes. Everyone's looking at each other, not knowing where they need to be standing. Um, and they snatch a really, really, really scrappy, avoidable goal. Oh, it was um, so weak, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it was weak. a horrible goal to concede. Mm. Um, you know, if somebody smashes a 40 yard screamer in the top corner, <laughs> then you turn around and go, oh, yeah, all right. You know, quality can't Fair argue with it. But that goal is just a disgusting goal to concede at that level. You know, I'm, it was just a toe poke, wasn't yeah, it? A toe poke I'm, over the top. I'm disappointed if my under eights concede that on a Sunday. It's a, it's a goal that you, I just, as, as soon as it came off the foot, you're just like, that's going in. Yeah. It's yeah, going in. You just knew it. And it, it happened in slow-mo. Yeah. I was perfectly behind it. I was perfectly uh, behind it. Yeah, it was. I, um... Look, we, we, we talk about this back five. And uh, look, I think, you know, and we're going to get into it in terms of potential system changes. I do think it looks like it might be uh, uh, going away, hopefully. I don't think it's ever going to fully go away because I think it's just part of, it's like you said, Adam, I think it's part of Bloom's repertoire of, uh, you know, in-game tactical changes. I absolutely can. I cannot stress how much I hate this system. I hate it. It invites pressure. And look, I, I, we've said it on the podcast a bunch of times. I love Bloomfield. We all love Bloomfield. I want to give him a chance. Young manager, club legend, all that kind of stuff. But and 
I know this is going to probably sound a little bit harsh, but have to speak my mind on it. I think this five at the back late in the game is cowardly small ball football. Uh, it is. It, I hate seeing it. It's playing to conserve what you've got rather than going out to try and see the game out. It's. I think it's patently anti-football, and I think it's. I think it's just a small person tactic. I absolutely hate it. And uh, look, you're you're going to owe someone a couple of beers because they're going to come and find you, and they're going to tell you how many games uh, we we've conceded late and we've dropped points because of this of this change. It's yeah, I just, hope so. Come and find me in the beer suite, and I will happily buy somebody a beer if they're if already googling it. <laughs> but we uh, we look at we look at the last twenty minutes of that game. Lincoln, you know, registered total uh, seventeen total shots. I would I would I, w- I would wager a lot of money that eighty percent of those came in that final twenty minute spell. They just bombed us. They were going to score. They were going to score, and we had nothing. We just. We went so deep. It was unbelievable. It was like watching the derby game all over again. Mm. Yeah, exactly that. It was, it, and you knew it was coming when uh, when they scored in that eighty fifth minute. We were just lucky enough to kind of get that penalty at the last bit, weren't we? Really. But I'm going to put another conundrum your way. Five at the back is part of it, but actually. The difference we have between Gaz and Matt's teams is Matt's teams are much younger. He's trying something a bit different with a bit more pace, younger heads and that kind of thing. When we had Gaz, our average age was like 46. And whereas, obviously, you know, some of them had legs and some of them didn't. The difference we had was we had the level of experience of game management and effective game management that allowed Gaz to grit out these two ones one nils things like that that we seem to not have now you know in terms of the pressure i know we've got players like wheeler and grimmer and stuff that have been around since then but i don't know it's that level it's a level of maturity and experience at higher levels than teams that have been under the cosh that yeah i think it's i think it's a fair point i think the thing is though is if we if we use that same logic, then surely the younger players they have more energy to output uh, during the game. The, there's no excuse that we aren't seeing these sides off. A Gaz side, we would have won that game two nil because we would have scored a goal middle of the second half and shut up shop, and that would have been it. I mean, football is not complicated. You score two goals, right. and then defending that is infinitely easier. I mean, look, it's not hard. It's not hard, and you know we, we we. It's funny, Adam, that you mention England. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but and I don't know if this is just a a weird thing that happens to every um, every football fan. But for some reason, watching England has always been the exact same as watching Wick and Wanderers. Yeah, you love it. You have to do it. But my God, is it sometimes a trying <laughs> a trying experience? Um, but but yeah, the the comparisons between the England Italy game. The Euro final, uh, you know, race into the lead, and then immediately this conservative, defensive, negative mindset creeps in, and we invite them back into the game. Both Italy and Lincoln at the weekend. It's just not the football that I like watching. I'd rather I would rather lose a game two one trying to win two nil. 
Yeah. No, I agree with that. And what you've just said there is that either Gareth Ainsworth is going to be the next England manager, England manager, <laughs> or Gareth Southgate, Gareth Southgate is going to be the next Wickham manager. So, either or, um, trying times. Interesting stuff, um, guys. Let's let's try and talk a little bit more positive because, as as we have said, there there are positives to take from the game. Let's jump straight into who we think was our hero of the match, and I think there's quite a few to pick from. Who who wants to kick us off here? I uh, I've got two in mind. All right. Um, one is I think it was without without scoring a winner, it was one of Sam Vokes' best games for us. Mm. He he led that line brilliantly. Um. And probably the only reason he's not the hero is because he should have scored. But the, I know we wanted to be, be positive, but if it wasn't for Max again, we would have lost the game. So he made two or three outstanding yeah. saves, and he he's he's actually my hero of the match. I agree on the votes. I think he led the line really well. I think he looks sharp. Really looks like he wants it. Really looks like he's got points to prove. Um, just that miss, a player of his experience has got to be scoring that. Yeah. Um, or at least hitting the target and making the goalkeeper do some work. Um, Max, I think it was two saves, wasn't there, that were really good. I've discounted him because his distribution was shocking. Um, he had, and he was part of the problem because his kicking was so poor. Nine times out of ten, the ball wasn't even going over the halfway line. And we're inviting them straight back onto us. Um, you might actually be surprised by my hero of the match, but I th- I think Kieran Sadlier deserves it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I fell off my chair and I'm not even sat on the chair. What have you, what have you done with the real Adam? He, um, I thought, You're right, mate. I thought he, he looked like he really wanted it. He had the bit between his teeth. He was trying to make things happen. Um, he looks absolutely rapid now he's fit. Mm. Um, he looks yeah. really, really quick, and um, and he was the most direct of all of them. Um, and I really liked that. You know, that was the kind of game where you want someone to kind of like get their head down and boulder past people and be really, really direct. And I thought he did that really well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Sadlier. There was there was one moment in the second half where he chased down a ball that was that was most most players would have just yeah it was lost just it was dead. left it. Yeah. He chased that and caught it just before it went yeah. over. And I was so impressed by that. And that's that's the mindset, that's the mentality that we were a little bit concerned that he didn't have when he first yeah, came well, to I the was, club. I was criticising him for the opposite, and it's only fair to point out when when he puts in a storming performance and he puts in that work, I was really, really impressed by him on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, long may it continue, because I thought he um, he looked really, really sharp. But there's been a there's been a number of those from him recently, and haven't there? You know, I think he's mm. just been getting better and better. The he's been growing he into himself, hasn't he? His final ball's yeah. been a challenge in a lot of games, but um, but no, I thought he did he did everything that he possibly could have done. Um, the other one that I think deserves another mention. He gets a mention every week, but it's Jack. Um, yeah. I thought again, um, just Mister Vinicum, eight out of ten, very very <laughs> quietly consistent. Um, obviously captain as well, um, and just a real, real, real good solid shift from him. But yeah, for me, sadly. Yeah, Jack's mine, to be honest, and it was exactly the same reasons. He's just been consistent since he's come back in. He's been that solid, 
guy at the back that we've needed. He's obviously coming as captain on Saturday. You know, it's, it's lovely to see, really. Him, or, I mean, Wales was great in the middle of the pitch again. I thought it was really nice to have him there. Sadly, uh, one thing I've got to say about him is his attitude. And the fact as well is that he's turning his performances into consistent performances. Um, what shocks me is actually on some of the ratings on some of the like apps and things like that, uh, given sadly a 6.2, but I don't know what they mark on because from my point of view, us going forward was partly dependent on how he how he got the ball forward and how he fought for the ball in some cases. And the one thing I'm liking in the last few games as well is that sadly it is easily interchangeable with yes. the other winger yeah, and it just five. shakes it up. It keeps the wing back. It keeps the fullbacks on their feet at all times, and that you know they're having to deal with different threats within different parts of the game. And I really, really like that. I don't yeah. know why he's been taken off early, though. That is one thing. I don't know whether it's a hamstring thing or whether of what it is, but he seems to be going off, and he's the one that's making the difference for us. It might be a it fitness be- thing because he hasn't played yeah. a lot of football, has he? It could be a fitness thing, mm. I guess. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly positive steps. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, wasn't he really hit by injury at Bolton? That was one of the reasons why I think so. I let him go. Yeah, so it could be, again, it could just be conserving that energy, and because he has been one of our sharpest players, and um, you know, I think Blooms is very keen with with the games that we've got coming up, which we will be talking about later, um, to make sure that one of our sharpest weapons at the moment is a uh, remain sharp. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, we've already mentioned a few names. Uh, Wheeler, massively impressed with Wheeler. I think, you know, every time we lose Scowan, we always kind of get a bit squeaky down there. And, um, you know, I think Wheels is uh, filling in really, really nicely for uh, while he's out. Uh, sadly, already talked about, Vogue's already talked about. Uh, Del Taylor um, is probably my pick. I, I mean, obviously scored the goal as well, but... Um, just seems to be playing with a bit more vavavoom, um, and uh, I think some of our, you know, new incomings is probably putting a bit more pressure on him to perform. But I do like his uh, link up with Vokes. I think they do make for quite a potent partnership uh, when they're firing. I think they're very good. And uh, look, I, I've been, you know, I've moaned about uh, Taylor's output um, a few times, but six goals, one assist. Um, you know, you, you can't really turn your nose at that, really. Uh, we don't score many goals and uh, he's been responsible for uh, a, a bulk of them. Um, so, so yeah, um, on, on Max, um, yeah, I, I, I too, um, I've been getting more and more concerned with his distribution. Uh, he's never been able to kick though since he's no, played. and and, and oh. that's gonna that's gonna hold him back ultimately. That's that's the reason why he's always gonna be you know uh, at this level. Might go championship, don't know, but I think that lets him down, particularly in this modern game. But my God, is he a good shot stopper? You know, get to the crunch, he's there when it's needed, and he pulls off some spectacular saves, and that's you know that's why we love him so much, right? Uh, let's move on. Talking about squad, um, lots and lots and lots of movement in uh, this January transfer window. We're midway through uh, and it's already been a bit of a busy one. Uh, so far, we've seen three new arrivals, three major departures. Uh, we're not going to count the outgoing loanies, but let's talk about some of them. Uh, so ins, uh, not including um, Richard Kone, who we've already talked about, Um 
Chem Campbell coming back to the club uh, from Wolves. They cut his spell short at Charlton. He's back with us until the end of the season. Uh, Gideon Kodura, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, Kodura, uh, on loan from West Ham until the end of the season. Uh, Leaving us, uh, Harry Boyles, Boyles? Harry Boyles, loan has been cancelled and he's off to Fleetwood until the end of the season. Very strange one, that. Uh, Lyle Taylor, I'm going to have a proper rant about this one. End of his short-term contract, and he's off to Cambridge. And uh, and as we found out earlier today, recording on Wednesday, Richard Keogh has left the club by mutual consent. Um, let's start with Keogh, because it's fresh in our minds. What are our thoughts? Not really a major surprise, is it? But it could signal what we've been talking about, the end of this uh, reliance of the five at the back format. Yeah, well, when I saw it, I thought it's one of two things. There's either been a fallout or we're going to be playing four at the back and being 156. He wants to play as many games as he possibly can at the end of his career. Um, and after looking at Bloom's interview and all the love from the club for him, I, I'm 99.9% sure. Um, it's the fact that he does want to want to go away and get minutes elsewhere. Um, look, I've got no doubt he's the nicest bloke you could wish to meet. He really is a lovely guy. Um, he's just not good enough at this level, unfortunately. Um, he has been. He's been a fantastic footballer. If we'd have had him seven or eight years ago, I'm convinced that we'd have been, you know, going mad for him because he was a very, very talented footballer. Um, he was like a Tafazoli, you know, a Rolls Royce of a centre back. Um, but he's got no pace, um, no pace whatsoever, and he's been found out a little bit. And I think. Being the good professional that he is, he's probably realised that and um, and decided to move on and let some of the younger ones uh, step in if needed. I think he, he'll end up in League Two or in, in the uh, National League. Um, and he'll go into a club where they need an experienced player to master the young players. I don't think we need that anymore. And I think Blooms has been honest with him. And like they, like Bloom said, he had they had an adult conversation about it, and the decision was made that he's going to get minutes elsewhere. I'm no doubt he'll sign for someone. He'll he'll, he'll carry on playing, but uh, like Adam said, he just found out at this level. I'm afraid. Um, I think with Keo, you've got to take it with the boys' change as well. It's an interesting one. It it it. Those two came out of the blue, really, didn't they? We we weren't kind of expecting them as such. I mean, obviously, there were rumbles about boys at, or boils, as, as you've said, Michael. Um, <laughs> uh, there were rumours about him kind of early on in January when he just basically disappeared from the squad. Um, but it feels like there's just been a sudden mentality change in terms of this is how we're going to go forward for the second half of the season. And I think we've got to look at it from a wage-freeing perspective and from a space-saving perspective as well, which means that we're going to see different people coming in. But it depends where, because Blooms has said at the beginning, I think it was today, as part of his presser today, that basically he's happy with the defensive cover. Um, Luke, last night, because on Ringing the Blues um our, our competitive podcast maybe um 
but he said uh, he said that he was playing left back now, and that's his position. Because uh, I asked him what position he preferred to play, and he he really likes playing centre mid. But he said, obviously, I'm a left back at the moment. I'll play wherever I need to. Um, so I don't know whether that's kind of that's it for the season now in terms of defence. And I think Blooms is kind of going right. How do we solve the the attacking dilemma? Um, but I think that's how we've got to look at it. I mean, it's 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 sad to see him go because obviously you look at players like Joe Lowe who have developed under um, Richard Keogh. I think he's learned a lot from him and it's nice to have people like that. But, you know, when we're in League One, you know, every, every seat on the bus has got to be an important seat on that bus. You know, it's people have got to count. And I think when he was coming on, his brain's there. I don't think his feet and his legs are. Um, you know, I felt like I might be fitter than Richard Keogh in terms of getting back and pace, and that says something because I'm, you know, very much an overweight man sitting here talking about podcasts coming off the back of a spag ball. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what we all are. That's that's what podcasters do. That's what we do. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's um it's bittersweet. Uh, like I think we all kind of knew where. Keo was at this stage in his career, 37 years old. As you said, Adam, he's had a long uh, and, and mostly successful career, full international for the Republic of Ireland as well. He's he's done a lot with his career and they will look back and be very proud of what he's done. Um, you know, for, for us, there were some, you know, we've got some moments, some some memories. Uh, I don't think anyone will ever forget the picture of him leaping up before uh, uh, emerging onto the pitch. I, it's it's etched in my memory forever. Um, and uh, yeah, like like every it's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love? A last-minute winner. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football player leaving us this window. Obviously, he leaves with our best. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll do well. I, I, I imagine he'll be able to still do it probably league two level but if he really wants to yeah. excel and, and look fantastic um maybe it might be a, a national league side which you know these days you know isn't anywhere near as bad as uh as it used to be I don't know. um talking about the uh the incomings before we'll talk about lyle matey boy lyle um chem campbell um coming back to the club um Interesting, interesting development. I, I, I we, we were talking about this in chat. Um, seems to be uh, a, a popular return. Um, we we saw glimmers of what he was capable of last season. Three goals for us in his uh, latter season loan spell. Are you surprised that he's come back, given our options? And do we think that this probably spells the end for players like TJ? Possibly. It was a shock to me. Um, it wasn't one that I'd sort of thought would happen. 
Um, but that said, I'm not, I'm not kind of jumping over the moon about it. But at the same time, I thought he was, pr- he looked pretty tidy the first time around. Mm. Um, I remember his debut actually at Port Vale, and I remember talking to you guys and saying how bloody quick he was when he came on. Um, and I think with with the absence of Hanlon, um, we've spoken about it. You know, since since Brandon got injured, um, yeah, we just haven't had that that pace and power in behind down the channels. And I think that's what he'll, that's what he'll offer us. Um, obviously Lyle Taylor's gone out. Brandon's injured. Um, so whether or not this is, uh, as well as, or instead of TJ, I don't know. I know TJ's injured at the moment. Um, but you know, I'm not, you know, running out to the bookmakers to put money on a late promotion chase, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sort of quietly pleased that we've, we've signed a player who, who comes in knowing the culture and knowing some of the lads and can kind of hit the ground running. I've got to say, I wasn't over-enthused when I heard about it because um, I didn't think that much of him in his first spell. Um, that may just be my personal opinion. What worries me a little bit is the fact that the um, development manager at Wolves has, says that he's been assured that he's going to play every game. Now, how how, how is that going to be? What if he's awful? Have they, have they basically secured this loan by saying he's going to play every game? What's the uh, what's the source of Wolves' development guy saying that? It was on. It, I was in. That was on yeah. the, on their Twitter page. Yeah, it came out publicly, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you have to remember is that Chem, Chem Campbell's record when he was with us. I've seen loads of people going, "Oh, he done nothing," and chucking stats. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. And I no, I've seen loads of people though on uh, on Twitter. I had one person in particular throwing stats at me. I only scored three in sixteen. Three and sixteen is a better ratio than most of our forwards this season. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's true. It's not, uh, not a hard you, um, well. barrier to go through, though, is it? No, but you know, we're we're all loving folks and loving GMAC and loving Sadlier. Mm. The the bottom line is that they're all forward players who haven't delivered this season, um, as far as numbers are concerned. And yeah, if you're gonna gonna ban stats around and throw stats in the face to to put somebody down, you've got to do the same for everybody. And when you yeah. compare him to, to what we already have, his numbers in a Wickham shirt at the end of last season were more positive than most of our forward players are this season. So it has to be a positive signing. I do I do think that, um, you know, goal contributions are always good. And, you know, it's a known commodity as well in, in terms of, you know, he was there when Blooms came to the club. Blooms knows him. He knows how he's going to work in the system. That's obviously going to be very attractive. Um, I think my main concern and the reason why I wasn't absolutely blown away by the business was because I, I think the as the side kind of fell away form-wise towards the end of the season, there was a noticeable drop-off in individual performances and his was the one that I noticed the most. Yeah. He started so bright uh, and it really trailed off. And there was all, you know, the, we, we talk about you know, the, the, the negative side of a loanee. They're not our player. And some of them play like they're not our player. They play like it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. Valuable experience before they go back to the parent club. And in no player have I noticed that more than in Chem Campbell. Yeah. And what is it with uh, clubs at the moment recalling their players and sending them out elsewhere? Like Alfie Devine, who's supposed to be playing with us, uh, playing against us on Saturday, has gone off to Plymouth now. I think it's quite an interesting strategy and I wonder if it's something that is being done in intentionally to try and 
you know, because we've we've seen clubs really use their academies and their young players to such effect over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a player and they're doing really well at one level, why not, you know, try them out at the next level up? And that's obviously what... Um, uh, who's who's Alfie Devine's parent club? Is it Spurs? Spurs, yeah. Yeah, so so they, they, that's what they he's obviously impressed on loan at Port Vale, and uh, and and they've moved him up, and, and we're seeing that across the board at the moment, aren't we? I think there's a sharpening of pencils as well, because it's a kind of if you don't, uh, it's maybe like the parent club kind of asserting their dominance a bit more, saying if you don't use them in the best way that we want them to, then see you later, off you go and put them elsewhere, because. I'm not, look, you know, I'm not talking down of Wickham, but you know, Charlton is a bit more of an attractive draw into for for from a player perspective, anyway. From our perspective, you know, Adams Park's where I want to be, but you know, from a player looking to gain experience, you'd think Charlton would be the place where it it thrive well. Um, I mean, it's it's a positive for us, you know, the the fact that we've got players that do want to come here. I am a bit concerned, as Damo said, about the fact that he's playing. You know, he's been guaranteed playing all the you know games all the time. Because I, if I if I remember, he was on the left, wasn't he? Which means that sadly, yes. um, you know, he's going to be affected by that. But at least Sads can move to the right, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't be guaranteeing players because attitudes in the dressing room change and things like that. I don't think it's the right mentality to have. Yeah, that's it's, that's such a bizarre thing to to learn, and I I just wonder if that's maybe just football politics. I wonder if that's just something to put a little bit of pressure on us to make sure that we're using him. But if we are agreeing to to start him in every game, I I, I don't like that, especially as you say when when Sabs is doing so well. Maybe it's um maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's going to be you know deployed on the right. You know, G Max been doing you know G Max great, but you know let's be real, G Max. Uh, you know, GMAX 36 years old, doesn't look 36 years old, and also his 150th uh, appearance for the Blues uh, at the weekend. Where's I swear GMAX has been 36 for about Forever. five years. <laughs> yeah, but where, where, where has he's been with us for four years? Where has yeah. that time gone? That's no, insane. That's right. Right. Feels like last week he was signing with us. Right, let's let's talk about it. Lyle Taylor um, leaves the club after being with us for seven weeks, signs for Cambridge United, and about two days later comes off the bench in the 70th minute, scores a goal after five minutes, uh, sets up um, Sully Kai Kai, another former blue, uh, for the winner at the death, and gets man of the match. <laughs> you just you just got to laugh, right? I hate to um, <laughs> I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. The bloke has always been a stroppy shithouse. He hadn't played football for 18 months. Um, I do not know why anybody thought it was a good idea signing him. Um, It it, it is just beyond me. You know, basically what we've done is we've taken a journeyman striker on who had a really good record two, maybe three years ago. Um, We've given him six or seven games to get fit. And then he's gone to another League Two club um, and scored and assisted. Um, I don't think he... League One. uh, League One, sorry. Um, I I really don't think um, even suits the style of play that Blooms wants to play. Um, You know, I touched on it before, but he probably had his best game in a blue shirt at Derby. Admittedly, the bar wasn't very high, but um, he had his best game there. Um, And then he gets dropped. And he's a kind of player who, you know, he wants to shit house. He wants to play rough and tumble. 
he's throwing his arms up in the air and moaning when things aren't going his way instead of getting stuck in. Um, he didn't look like a good egg to me. Um, you know, he's, he swaggers about like he's been there and done it. And, you know, if playing for Nottingham Forest's fifth team with the 14-year-olds is been there and done it, then fair play to you, mate. But, you know, but best of luck to him. I don't wish any harm to the guy. But mm. um, it's just a, a bit of an embarrassing situation, to be honest with you, that could have been very much avoided. Um, it was quite clear to me when he joined it, he didn't really want to be at the club. He'd been offered a chance to join the club and sort of stuck two fingers up because he thought he was bigger and better than that. And then when he'd had no no other offers, um, he came crawling and was on a shitload of money. Um, really not very impressed with him um, at all. But, you know, good luck at Cambridge. Um, and good luck to Cambridge for paying him through the nose and putting up with that crap. Don't nod back. Say what you really mean. Sitting on the fence tonight, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I know. Joe, I'm going to go Occam's razor here and go the reason he scored on Saturday is because he's got up to match sharpness. And if maybe if we'd stuck around with him a bit longer, he might have done the same for us. Who knows? Because, you know, you, you look at Cambridge and, and where they are and where we are this season. That could have potentially been us anyway. And the fact is, he came with us for match sharpness and he wasn't match sharp for the games he was with us. Simple explanation. I don't think his attitude helped a bit with the fact that he kept throwing himself to the floor and moaning about it. But then in the many years of Lyle Taylor playing football, that's exactly what he's done anyway. So is there any difference? It's just when he was match sharp, he actually had goals to his name as well. So I don't necessarily think it was a... don't want to be a fuck everyone and fuck everything. I think we gave him the opportunity to help him revive his career, which is what we do. We whisper into players' ears, we can fix you, and we do that. Um, but it just decided to go and see you later. Best of luck, whatever. You can't drop things like Occam's razor on this podcast, man. It's, it's too smart. We've got to go down to the simplest denominator here. I think we're looking too far into it, and the fact is he wasn't much sharp. He hadn't played in 18 months, and we gave him a chance to do... Uh, to get fit. And on top of being a knob, that's not a good combination. <laughs> no. We we mentioned earlier how um, some loan players come in and don't love the club and just want to do it for experience. He's basically just done that, hasn't he? Uh, uh, but I I think the adulation of, of the initial signing came because people remember what he was. Mm. No one yeah. looked, apart from maybe Adam, at what has happened in the last 18 months. And uh, we've basically been played by a knob end. End of story. You might as well have just got to sign Kevin Phillips <laughs> or Carlton Cole. Just, you know, just go and sign anybody who used to be a striker. I, I, I reckon Kevin Phillips could still um, put in a shift, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, good luck to Lyle at Cambridge. But I think he, given the excitement, and also we wasted one of our best transfer tweet reveals on him as well um so that's that's probably what i'm also gutted about um i think he'll be i think he'll probably go down as one of our all-time worst signings ever um no not not for not yeah i think look we've had some proper stinkers but cf dykstra niall Niall thompson has a better goal record than lyle taylor (laughs) 
it's a it's it's a stinky transfer and um and let's move uh let's move swiftly on and before we get to previews for our upcoming games though given we've still got plenty of time in the transfer window and it's probably going to dominate conversation for the next couple of podcasts but before we get there do we anticipate that that we are gonna be dipping into the market anymore i mean i know that we were saying that and blooms has been saying that he doesn't feel that we need any more defensive cover um obviously he knows a lot more about football than we do however i will respectfully disagree and say that i'm concerned because you know all it takes is a knock to lee to to luke takes a knock to to taff and we've got a defensive crisis i think we need more cover agreed um, I think the only place he's going to go, if anywhere, is is a left back. I don't think I think he thinks he's got enough in the centre because there's three of them. I think the only if he sees a left back available, I think he'll he'll jump on him. But apart from that, McCarthy I, I as well. McCarthy, yeah, but he's, he's forgetting McCarthy, who's played. Are we wanting all, to play a right foot player on the left? Yeah, but he's played all along that back four. He's played centre back. He's played right back, and he's played left back. Um, I wouldn't put him at left back, but centre back certainly. At the minute, he doesn't get in this team. No, um, no, that's very true. So, you know, also, got, forgetting Jasper. Yeah, yeah, Jasper when he comes back. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, we're very right foot heavy, but have we got players who can play on that? Le- who can play that left back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Blooms has already said, hasn't he, that he wants a couple more. Um, gut feeling says that they'll probably be central midfielders. Although we've got Jack Young back. Um, who I actually rated before he went off on loan. So it'd be interesting to see um, to see if he's got a part to play. Um, Josh will be back shortly as well. Yeah, yeah. and the other one maybe, you know, is, is it a number nine that he wants? Does he want a genuine number nine? We've got all this pace in, in behind Vokes. Does he want somebody to to compliment Vokes or to, to, to support Vokes so he's not playing 90 minutes every week? I don't know, but he said a couple more, which says to me maybe two. I can see a space for one um, central midfielder, but yeah, I'm not sure where else. Wow, well, your number nine sort of because Tarps is on his way and he scored a hat trick on the weekend. So <laughs> you are obsessed with him. Get a room. He's right, right, rightfully <laughs> so. Rightfully so. Good player. F- falls over and he's he's at Wickham, so you know he'll be all right. <laughs> um, I think you're right on the left back. As much as Luke is solid there, you, Luke gets injured, something happens to Luke and you, we don't have a left back. Um, one thing I think is interesting is obviously that we've, in terms of dev players, we've had Declan Skura go out to a decent enough National League side that yeah. where he's going to get game time and everything else. And I think that's going to be massively valuable. So if we do hit an injury cry, because to be honest with you, let's face it, the only general area where we do get injury crises are in the centre positions which is so he can come back um, and I think that's probably that loan's been made with that in mind um, just hopefully he doesn't do what Jack Wakeley did and put himself out for the rest of the season I think it'll be another few centre midfielders maybe a, another striking option um, one name that's gone quiet that we've been throwing around is Ronan Curtis, but it has gone quiet. He's not training with Wimbledon anymore. Suits our level, suits our style of play. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. So, you know, this. Uh, what I would like is experience at this level. I want, and it's not champ, like Premier League youngsters, things like that. I want League One stalwart 
experience. Yeah, but I don't want to be people in that know the grit. I don't want to be in not being thirty-five. I think like no, no, no. 27, 28 like 20s. year old player who's made a couple hundred appearances, yeah. scored one in four, would be bang on perfect for me. Yeah, it's important that we. I, I completely agree. I, I want players that are known at this level, and but not just known at this level for for making up the numbers. I think Ronan Curtis would be a, a top signing, uh, experienced at Portsmouth, uh, a winner. Uh, from from what we've seen and what we know, uh, he was always an absolute bugger to play against. Want those kind of signings? I don't want. You know, I I I feel like we've been shedding our skin. You know, getting rid of players that are there to make up the numbers or there, and they are eight hundred and fifty eight years old. So I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, very interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the window. But I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing that yellow breaking news transfer banner. Uh, on Twitter a few more times. Uh, guys, let's look ahead to uh, our next two games, uh, crucial league games. First up, uh, Port Vale away this Saturday. They're just below us in the league, uh, like us, six points away from safety. Uh, very up and down season, pretty much like us. Uh, very mirrored at the moment. Um, they didn't get to finish their last game uh, as they were playing Reading, and that was the game that was uh, abandoned due to the supporters' pitch protest. Um, if it feels like we played them yesterday, it's because we pretty much did. The reverse fixture was uh, one of those one-all draws that I mentioned earlier that we played just before Christmas. On Tuesday, another trip uh, away to Wigan. Uh, they're battling down in the depths of League One after they started with a points deduction. They've done pretty well. They've recovered well, but uh, the danger of another relegation is very real. Um, it's the first time we've played them as well. The The first game in November was postponed due to the internationals because we're obviously a massive side. Um, which of these two do you think we've got the best chance of getting something from? Or do you think, are you confident about our chances against both? We're better away, aren't we? Let's be honest, we're we're much better away. Um, I'm going Saturday, so I don't fancy our chances Saturday. Um, but <laughs> that's yeah, the spirit. <laughs> how how, how Wickham would it be for us to like be really plain and boring for months and months and months, and then go up to Wigan and win three nil or something stupid? That would just be us to an absolute T. Um, I can't see it, but um, you know who knows? And if these newbies are coming in and and want to hit the ground running and have got genuinely got something to prove with lots and lots of pace and stuff and a good delivery. It could be what we want just at a really tricky time of the year. And, you know, new faces always bring out the best in those that are there as well, because it kind of gives them a little hypothetical kick up the arse. So look, we, we go into the Port Vale game probably as outsiders. We definitely go into the Wigan game as outsiders. Um, but let's just take it one game at a time. If we can get something out of Saturday and then take that into Tuesday, then then fantastic. But let's concentrate on Saturday first, I think. I think we've got a chance at, at Wigan. Port Vale have had some phenomenal home results this season. Um, against Wigan, they, they, they were doing pretty badly and then got a last-minute winner. Um, I mean, Blooms could ramp the players up on Saturday. We owe them for nicking a point off us, don't we? Let's be honest. Um, and just it, it would put a lot of things right if we won that one there in the 98th minute. But I generally think we've actually got be- a better chance at Wigan than we have at Port Vale because of Port Vale's 
uh, resilience at home. I just remember Wigan being cold. It's always cold when we go there. Even if it could be the middle of July, it's cold. It's in um, North. The windiest, the windiest <sighs> stadium in the world as well. It's completely cold. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like standing a I've hurricane. I've been there twice and seen us lose 3-0 twice. Yeah. I went, I think it was just when it was just built. And I, I can't remember whether we either wrestled a draw or we lost. I think we lost because I've never had good memories of Wigan. Um, it's going to be the most Wickham thing ever to happen where we lose at Port Vale and we win at Wigan when it should be the other way around. Well, well let's, let's talk about Wigan, right? Because history is not on our side. And uh, if, if you hate playing Wigan, then I hate us playing Wigan too. It's it, This has been the side that you see him in the fixture list and you go, oh no, for no. years, ever since I've supported the club, going back to being a wee lad, playing Wigan has ruined my day. They're a real bogey side for us. Look, let's, let's talk about history. We have not beaten Wigan since 2001 when uh, a head-bandaged Andy Rammel gave us a, a 1-0 win. Love Andy Rammel. I had a dream about him the other night, actually. Um, we have the, ran, the, ran, the Randy Hamill. Rambo. Rambo. We look right. We only have two wins against them in eighteen attempts. Two wins, five draws, eleven defeats. We have never beaten Wigan away. History is not on our side, and it would be <laughs> the most Wigan thing if we were to go there and win three 0 And I would it- love to see it. There's a first for everything. There is. We've got to do it at some point. I mean, teams, team, Port Vale and Wigan are two teams that six points would be the dream because it would really push us away from them. Um, have we got the squad to do that? Possibly now with a few new extra players, you know. Um, especially as we've signed players who largely have been playing every week. So it's not as if they've got to come in and get match fit. Mm. And I, I think we've got the Arsenal to do it. But whether we have the conviction to do to do well against both teams, then I'm not convinced at the moment. We've got to use our players wisely, though, haven't we? I mean, it's two games in quick succession. I think actually this week was the first week where we haven't had Saturday, Tuesday, or at least a midweek game, weekend game for quite a while. So the break will have done us nicely heading into the weekend, but I still think we've got to use our players wisely. I think the benefit we've had so far in this window is attacking wise. We've got a bit more uh, depth than we had um, a few weeks ago. We've just got to be smart with it. Um, At the moment you can't drop Vokes, but Vokes can't play 180 minutes in the space of three or four days. So, you know, is this the time for, I don't know, Potentially, Dale Taylor's got top. Is it time for Kone to get a few more minutes? I don't want to rush Kone, but you know, he's he's shown promise in the last. You know, even at his cameo appearance at Lincoln, he he looks good again. He's just got no fear, the lad. Let him go up to Wigan and battle the wind. It would definitely be a uh, out of the fire in into the pan kind of thing for him from from Essex League to. Do they still call it the DW? I don't know. I don't know what they call that stadium. It's a very windy place and we never win there. So shithole is, is what I'm going to call it. Um, score predictions. Let's start with what we think, what we expect to get on Saturday against Port Vale. Tight one. Um, I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. 
Um, and I fancy Richard Kone to get his first league goal. Delightful. I'm going to go 1-1 one, one with us equalising in the 98th minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sticking with my 5-3. I'm a bit annoyed that Alfie Devine went back because that would have been a Devine hat-trick, but it is 5-3. Sticking with it, it's going to happen. I tell you, and then I'm going to be so happy. And that next week podcast is going to be delightful for us all because I will be gloating. If we score five goals, wow! I, I would, I would absolutely uh, give my left nut to see it. Um, okay, yeah, I'm going to go two-one Blues. Um, I recall we did very well there uh, last season, three-nil, I Good. think. Yeah, so look, I know football changes a lot and, you know, football history is, you know, always doomed to stump you up. But uh, I fancy our chances there. Of the two games, um, I, I fancy our chances in that one. Uh, Wigan, Tuesday. History is not on our side, but are we going to be optimistic? Uh, what do we reckon the score is going to be on Tuesday? Three points to Wigan. Um, 1-0 1-0 loss I'm going to go for a 2-1 win St. Damo get in boy yes I like like this Damo good track record Um, love to see it I'd love to see it so would I if Damo says it's happening it's happening he's a prophet (laughs) Nostradamo if it happens, I'm I'm finding you and I'm giving you a big old hug, Damo. That's happening for sure. <laughs> Whether or not you want that to happen or not, I'm not sure. Um, you know me. You go to you. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> the five three. Uh, yeah, nah, it's not happening. Um, I you know I I I'd take a one nil. I wouldn't take a one nil loss. I never want to see us lose. But um, I, I'm just you look at the record and and you just see how horrible it is. And and I absolutely hate playing Wigan and the players hate playing in Wigan and you know, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, so I'll be happy with, uh, I'll take a draw. There you go. One all draw. I'll take it. We, we, we love a one all draw at the moment. And, uh, I'd be absolutely delighted if we go up there and, uh, and take a point away. Uh, there we go. There are our predictions. Let's see what happens. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always. And absolutely super to be back. Uh, and that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP 12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP 12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at Dan Clark PR, and Damien at Demo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.